Jack Hughes was named an all-star, but the New Jersey Devils still found a way to lose at home once again. After the game, I had the chance to speak with Andre Palat, Lindy Ruff, Akira Schmid, Damon Severson, and Eric Halla. What do they think about the overall effort in this matchup against the St. Louis Blues? We have a lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked On Devils. Buckle up, everybody. Your Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. Alrighty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, and part-time credentialed media member, Trey Matthews. And the New Jersey Devils lost at home once again, this time to the St. Louis Blues by a score of 5-3. to You would have to go back to December 6th, the last time the New Jersey Devils won at the Prudential Center, and that was when they shut out the Chicago Blackhawks. So it's been a struggle at home for the Devils this past month, and Unfortunately, this game was no exception. So what happened? Well, to give a brief recap, in period number one, the New Jersey Devils played sort of easygoing, nonchalant, and that was to be expected because I said it in the post-game recap in the previous episode in which the Devils beat the Detroit Red Wings. I said, I anticipate for the Devils to get off to a slow start by design in period number one, just to conserve their energy. And then they're going to put their foot on the gas pedal as the game progresses, because it's worth mentioning that the blues were without Vladimir Tarasenko and also Ryan O'Reilly. So I felt as though this was the perfect opportunity for the devils to not necessarily bring their a game, but at the same time, just uh, put up a decent fight and they're going to come away with the win. So uh, period number one, Cairo uh, was able to score the first goal of the game for the St. Louis Blues. And from my vantage point, he was just in the right place at the right time, seeing like Buchnevich was just trying to get the puck deep into the offensive zone. And Cairo just placed himself uh, perfectly to redirect the rifle shot from Buchnevich. I don't think it was intentional, but somehow, some way, it worked. And I talked to Ryan Ovazinski about that as well, and he agreed with me. I think if you were to replay that certain play uh, five more times, I don't think Cairo scores on that. I think that was complete accidental, but sometimes uh, the best things in life happen by accident. So uh, it's one nothing. St. Louis Blues going into the second period. Wasn't really concerned for the New Jersey Devils because, I, like I said, I anticipated for them to get off to a slow start, and I didn't think the St. Louis Blues were going to be that much of a challenge, but Jordan Bington was just uh, great in between the pipes once again. And I, it just seems like every goalie that the Devils face somehow, some way, more times than not, just bring their absolute A game or just turn into a Vesna caliber candidate. I don't know uh, what the case is, but the Devils led the shots on goal category after period number one, 14 to five. And then in period number two, the New Jersey Devils did step up their game, or at least Jack Hughes did because Jack Hughes scored the uh, lone two goals in period number two for the New Jersey Devils that got the rock buzzing. So I want to give a shout out to Jack Hughes because he was officially named an all-star before puck drop. So he'll be joined alongside fellow Metropolitan competitors, Shvetsikov, Goodrow, Nelson, Shosturskin, Hayes, Crosby, and Ovechkin. So well-deserved by Jack Hughes. And like I said, I think his second goal of the game was what really got people uh, buzzing at the Prudential Center. He just had some sick mitts, and he, once again, just a lot of razzle-dazzle from Jack Hughes. So 
The thing is, is that Jack Hughes is doing his thing. And then in period number three, uh, on the five-on-three advantage in favor of the Devils, we saw Nico Kiescher come up clutch once again when the Devils were in desperate need of a goal. But the thing is, is like, the, the it, I've been saying this in the previous few episodes, which is we're a little too top-heavy. We can't keep relying on Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, and Jesper Bratt to do a boatload of the scoring. I get that there are three best players, but like I said, in the win against the Detroit Red Wings, you saw production all throughout our lineup. So you saw Alexander Holtz get into the mix. My, Michael McLeod got into the mix. Dougie Hamilton was able to get into the mix. So you're getting scoring all up and down your lineup, and you're not being so top-heavy. So uh, like I said, Jack Hughes did his thing, but the problem for the New Jersey Devils was that they, they continue to find a way to not finish. And it's the same movie game after game after game, especially at home, because their first power play opportunity, they had a lot of great looks. And it's unfortunate that Bington was just playing out of his mind, but we cannot keep using that as an excuse. We have to find ways to finish. We got to find ways to translate into goals because we can't keep doing this game after game after game in which the New Jersey Devils just come up empty, despite uh, if we look at the deserve to win O-meter, or whatever it's called, you see that it falls into the favor of the New Jersey Devils. That continues to be so frustrating, but at, at the same time, uh, I, I can sleep good at night knowing that the Carolina Hurricanes lost to the Nashville Predators, and they had like, what, 60-plus shots on goal? So I, it, it's just one of those nights for uh, teams like that. But at the same time, the Devils got to find ways to finish. They got to find ways to capitalize on their opportunities because you don't know how uh, many of them you're going to get as the game progresses and you don't know when it's going to come back to bite you. And in fact, when we're talking about uh, trying to get a shot off Dawson Mercer in period number three, I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know what he was doing because Lindy Ruff said in his post game interview that Dawson Mercer not taking an attempt on his open breakaway chance uh, in period number three was kind of killer for them because uh, the devils uh, were deadlocked with the blues two to two. So even if he does run out of room, just try to get the shot off. I don't care if you make it, but you at least got to try. He just looked like a deer in headlights. I don't know what's going on with the Devils right now. So uh, so you got players who are shooting but not finishing and then you got players like Dawson Mercer who are scared to shoot. I don't know for I don't know uh what they have to do in that regards, but Lindy Ruff does. So here's what Lindy Ruff said uh in his post-game interview when I asked him like what do the Devils need to do in order to convert on some of their finishing chances? Lindy, you talked about the uh, finishing. What are some of the things you guys are going to work on in order to uh, find the back of the net more often, whether it's making lineup changes or maybe looking at film and saying we need to uh, be at this uh, position in order for it to go? Well, uh, you know, first you have to you have to create the opportunities. Uh, if you create them, it you know it's finding it, it really is finding the holes. Uh, I really felt the last two, three games were starting to generate the type of opportunities that we did on a consistent basis when we were really going well. Um, and, you know, if we finish, we're, we're in a lot better place. But, you know, we, we spend half the practice with drills that are conducive to creating the opportunities. And then, you know, you stress making sure you finish. You don't go by the net. You hang around for second opportunities. I think if you look at uh, one of the goals, you know, uh, was uh, Jack's goal was great net front. Uh, you're around the net; it comes to you, and you know it, all of a sudden it's in the back of the net. So that those are the type of opportunities you'll stress, along with a lot of the you know the rush type opportunities. Okay, so who's the king 
of not finishing for the New Jersey Devils? Who's the king of getting snake bitten? Who's the king of bad luck? It's Eric Kala. And Eric Kala had another chance when they pulled Akira Schmidt to get the extra attacker. Eric Kala had another opportunity to tie the game and just try to get a, a goal. But once again, he wasn't able to finish. So had a chance to ask Eric Kala in the locker room, like, what does he need to do? And what does the team need to do in order to convert on their finishing chances? Eric, it seems like you guys always are in the right possible position to score. Unfortunately, sometimes you run into hot goaltending or sometimes you guys uh, struggle to finish. What are the change changes you want to see uh, going forward as uh, the games start to add up and the Metro is getting tighter? Uh, put the puck in the net more. Uh, it's pretty simple. It's, uh, you know, you got to change things when you're not getting chances. When you're getting a lot of quality looks, the only thing that you can change is putting the puck in the net. Okay. I love Eric and all. But I think there's a better route for him so that way he could be more beneficial for this team. Because why does he continue to play on the same line as Jack Hughes when he's not uh, making the most of it? Because I think Eric Halla is better suited for the bottom six. Now, I want you to listen to a couple of Lindy Ruff's answers during the postgame interview. Now, I did not ask these questions. Uh, I have uh, James Nichols and... Uh, Amanda Stein to thank for asking the, these uh, two initial questions to him. So the first one is, is, that you're going to hear is that he he was basically talking about why Fabian Zetterlin was a scratch this game, because remember, Andre Palat was activated from the injured reserve. So they had to scratch a player in order to make room for Andre Palat in the lineup. Tyce Thompson was also sent back down to Utica, but digressing a little bit, uh, Amanda Stein asked as to why uh, Fabian Zetterlin was scratched. Here was Lindy Ruff's answer. My next thing. I mean, let's just look at the numbers. Uh, it's got to be better than that. If, if you're not producing, then you better be hitting. If you're not, if you're not doing either one, you got to bring something to the table. You look at what Holtz he brought the night before. Uh, he deserved to stay in. So, Z needs to bring more. Um, you either got to produce, or you got to be a guy that the other team hates playing against. Okay. Now listen to this answer from Lindy Ruff when James Nichols asked, like. Why is Eric Halla continuing to play on the same line as Jack Hughes? Well, uh, the fact that we get possession a lot more, you know, with, with Eric. Um, you see that during the game, uh, at times I play Jack with, you know, sharing somebody else. Uh, so it's, you know, kind of a shared, shared commitment on that. Uh, but probably the, the major reason has been that. I mean, you look at, you know, again, Jack scored a couple more goals. Um, you know, get uh, offensive face off and you win the draw and you get uh, possession. Uh, if we don't have possession, we'll chase it around and, and they probably go the other way. So, but it's something that, you know, even last night, if you look at uh, times in the game, uh, Eric with his penalty killing will, you know, he'll miss a couple shifts. Tar or Brat will be on, on the line with Jack. So, um, I know that uh, the bulk of the ice time or, you know, majority of it is with, with Eric there. Um, you know, and Jack has gone pretty good. Hmm. Very conflicting answers from Lindy Ruff. So on the one hand, you're saying that a player needs to, to earn their position. They need to earn playing time. They need to earn where they're uh, at in the lineup. And on the other hand, it seems like you're giving another player an excuse. Now, I get that Fabian Zetterlin is, uh, you know, he doesn't have as much tenure as Eric Kala. I get that we brought Eric Kala onto this roster 
uh, strictly for veteran leadership because Eric Halla has been around the block before. But at the same time, Eric Halla is not capitalizing on his chance when playing on the same line as Jack Hughes. That can't continue to happen, and, it, and you're running the same play over and over and over again, and you're hoping for a different outcome. The outcome still remains the same. Eric Halla cannot finish. Eric Halla is not capitalizing on his chances. Eric Halla, sometimes it's on him, sometimes it's just bad luck. But Eric Halla, the bottom line is he is not making the most of just playing on the same line as Jack Hughes. Now, here's the thing. You, you talk about puck possession and that you want to give Jack Hughes a better chance. Okay, that's fair. And my educated guess is that Eric Halla is a very versatile four because when we first got him, I said that Eric Halla can play winger, he can play center, and he's also pretty good when it comes to making defensive plays. That's fair because um, Eric Halla... In terms of overall defense, it does give Jack Hughes more of a chance to just handle the puck a little bit more and just showcase what he can do because we saw in this game, Jack Hughes, once again, just using his mitts and make and just leaving the crowd ooing and eyeing. But the problem I'm having here is that Jack Hughes is elite. Jack Hughes is good. I don't call him the truth just because it's fun. Jack Hughes is a really good player and really good players know how to adapt. So my thing is like, Eric Halla or no Eric Halla, Jack Hughes is going to be just fine in my eyes. I don't think Eric Halla is that essential. Now, I'm not saying he's not he, he's not like uh, important to the team, period. I'm just saying in this sort of role, I don't think he's the reason why Jack Hughes is doing as well as uh, he is right now. I think that's just strictly Jack Hughes. So I, I, I think it's more of like maybe uh, Jack Hughes being the franchise player is telling his head coach saying, hey, I want this player on the same line as me. That's my only guess because Eric Halla, based on what Lindy Ruff said in terms of Fabian Zetterlin and Zetterlin being scratched, yes, he is right. Zetterlin has not stepped up his game. Uh, over the past, like, what, 15 games, Zetterlin only has two points, and you saw Alexander Holt step up his game in the last matchup against the Detroit Red Wings. So, yes, he is right in that regard. But when we're talking about Eric Halla, it seems like you're just making an excuse for him. I don't understand why Eric Halla is on the same line as Jack Hughes. There's no reason for him to be in that situation. Now, I think Eric Halla can benefit by playing on the bottom six because the numbers back it up. Eric Halla is way better on uh, in that sort of role. And quite honestly, like I said, Jack Hughes will be fine without Eric Halla. And Eric Halla can like, be like the third center on the bottom six because one of the issues that the Devils have been having is their overall depth. So why don't you add Eric Halla to the bottom six to fix that overall depth issue? Because like I said moments ago and something I've been saying the previous few episodes, we cannot continue to be so top heavy. It's not going to work. We can't just rely on Jack Hughes. We can't rely on Nico Heischer. We can't just rely on Jesper Bratt. We have to rely on other players to help us. So my overall thing for Lindy Ruff, especially when you have a big game against the New York Rangers, you need to switch it up a little bit and you can't just run the same movie and expect a different outcome. The bottom line is Eric Halla is not good on the same line as Hughes. I'm not saying he's not important to the team, but why don't you put him into a better position to succeed? That's my overall two cent opinion when it comes to Eric Halla and the overall finishing inability by the Devils, specifically at the Prudential Center. Now, we're going to hear from Andre Pilat, Akira Schmid, and also Damon Searson momentarily. But first, I need some energy. You guys need some energy. So I'm going to get you guys hit to Built Bar because 
here's the thing about Built Bar. It is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So I get it. It's a New Year's. You want to eat happy. You want to be healthier, whatever the case might be. Well, here's the thing with Built Bar. Healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious. You won't think that they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. But what makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. And I'm not sure how Built Bar does it, but somehow, some way, they're able to make it healthy and able to help uh, maintain that health because only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head over to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. So head over to Built.com or go to Walmart or Sam's Club because Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Okay, so Andre Palat, the big story going into this matchup was his return. Andre Palat has been sidelined for months due to a groin injury, and he was finally activated before puck drop. Now, the one thing I said about Andre Palat, getting him back is very crucial and extremely vital for the New Jersey Devils because for one, he's one of our assistant captains. So he brings the leadership in the locker room. He brings that experience. Not a knock to Nico Heischer, not a knock to Jack Hughes, not a knock to any other uh, leaders in that same position. But I'm just saying that Andre Palat, having been a champion in the past, he can just provide just some extra leadership and just overall experience to such a young team like the New Jersey Devils and help grow Nico Heischer and Jack Hughes to become even better leaders so that way uh the the devils just know how to keep their head on a swivel they know how to maintain uh the the storm during these rough patches of their season so andre palat is essential in that aspect but the one thing i always talked about andre palat is that he can definitely be somewhat of an x factor it's something i've been talking about going into the season which is andre palat is not someone who's going to light up the score sheet but he is very uh, interesting on this roster for New Jersey Devils because one of the things that we've been struggling with the past few weeks is, like I just said, getting productive scoring up and down our lineup. So with Andre Pallad added to the mix, I believe that Andre Pallad should be playing on the bottom six for right now, temporary. In this game, he was put on the same line as Nico Keisher. Now, like I said, Andre Pallad is a very good player, but why don't you just start a, a slow with them? Because... It seemed like he was having some equipment issues during the course of the game. He was a little rusty, but that's to be expected because everyone else has a lot of chemistry. He was he wasn't on the first power play unit, like I said, with the overall chemistry and just the overall cohesiveness of that unit. He played on the second power play, but digressing a little bit, Andre Pollock can provide a lot of scoring for the New Jersey Devils and uh, he was one of the more underrated players on the Tampa Bay Lightning's championship runs. So uh, Andre Pallad being uh, added back to the lineup can be big for New Jersey Devils. But my thing is, like, I think uh, just with the overall depth issue, I don't think it's out of the ordinary to maybe put someone like Andre Pallad on the bottom six so that way we can just have more options up and down our lineup until people start to get it going a little bit more. So I asked Andre Pallad, where does he see himself best fit? in terms of just trying to fit in with the lineup. 
Andre, it's uh, it's been a minute since we've uh, seen you in action, and obviously a, a lot has happened. But um, where do you see yourself sliding in in terms of just uh, helping out uh, with the team at this point of the year? I mean, it doesn't really matter. It's up to coaches where they put me in the lineup. I will, I will, I will do whatever coaches want me to do. Uh, so you know, just playing the right way. Um, yeah. As a leader, uh, someone who's obviously won Stanley Cup uh, championships, what are you telling the young guys in, in order to just uh, get ready as the season close to being halfway done? Uh, I mean, probably managing the bug is the biggest thing, you know, uh, especially the last last couple of minutes of the, each period. We got uh, not very good with the puck. We need, to be, we need to be better in that. So we need to, as a team, not just the young guys, we need to get better in that. Lindy, you hear that? Andre Pilat is willing to do whatever it takes to help this team win. I also added in another soundbite in which I asked him, like you you heard about uh, how is, is he going to mentor the young guys, especially with uh, the season being almost halfway done. Uh, and, and he gave his answer right there. But uh, going on to the more important thing is that Andre Pilat is willing to do whatever it takes to help this team win. So somebody has to be moved down to the bottom six, whether it's Eric Halla or Andre Pilat. We need more depth up and down our lineup. And I and I think that Andre Pilat being on the bottom six, a lot of people were anticipating for him to be on the bottom six. Like some people were like telling me during the course of the offseason that Andre Pilat is not a top six player. I'm not saying that Andre Pilat shouldn't be on the top six. I'm just saying for this time being, with the struggles that the Devils are going through, especially at home, you need some more options to just integrate into um, the bottom six so that way people can start uh, to get themselves going. So... I think adding him onto the third line with Sharon Govich, I think that can uh, do a lot of wonders for the Devils and um, you and, and, or moving Eric Holla down to the bottom six, whatever the case might be. But the the long story short version answer is that something has got to change with the lineup card for Lindy Ruff. He's got to make some uh, different adjustments, not just when it comes to like scratches or things of that nature. You actually have to like switch up your lines a little bit because something's not working. And I think it starts with Eric Halla and also with Andre Pilat coming back. That's big for the organization. But at the same time, you just got to think, like, what's the best way to utilize Andre Pilat, someone who's not going to blow you out the water with his scoring, but someone who can definitely provide sort of that X factor feel. Okay, so some of the other issues I had with the New Jersey Devils in this game was their overall defense. Like, Dougie Hamilton was just a big killer for them because it's so weird because in the last episode, I literally was raving about Dougie Hamilton saying how underrated he is on this team, but Lindy Ruff wasn't too pleased with them in his post-game interview. Now, obviously, Dougie Hamilton is not going to be scratched for the next game, but I'm sure he's going to get an earful from Lindy Ruff if he hasn't already because Dougie Hamilton had a plus minus of negative three and he had a penalty that was costly for New Jersey Devils because Robert Thomas was able to score on that power play. The thing for Dougie Hamilton is that I love him and all, but that was a, a very sorry effort on his end and he needs to play better, especially when the Devils are just trying to rack up as many points as they potentially can. So the, these kind of games are the games that you really want to win especially with uh, the opponent missing two of their best players. So Dougie Hamilton doing that for New Jersey Devils was completely unacceptable. And that's not what we need from someone uh, who can provide a lot of uh, great offensive and defensive production and someone who's supposed to be one of our better players. So that was a complete and utter 
uh, pathetic showing from Dougie Hamilton. Now, I'm just ridiculing him for this game. He's still a really good player. He's still very vital to this team, so I don't want you guys to lose sight of that. But the the short version is that Dougie Hamilton did not have a good game, and he needs to do better because I know he's capable of doing better like he did in the matchup against the Detroit Red Wings. Dougie Hamilton is so much better than uh, I think people give him credit for, and that's one of the reasons why I just hold him to that tighter leash. So my overall thing for uh, for Dougie Hamilton is simply this. You had a bad game, but just rebound in the next game because we need you. We need uh, all your production, and we can't afford for you to be going to the penalty box. We can't afford you to be having these defensive lapses because it's one of the issues that I said that I had with Dougie Hamilton in the previous episode, which is sometimes he has these games like this where uh, his overall production is actually quite costly when it comes to defense for New Jersey Devils, but uh, he is able to make up for it with his high offensive production. So that's why I want to see from Dougie Hamilton in the next game against the New York Rangers, which is uh, I know that uh, I think Dougie Hamilton's main mindset is just try to score because that he is a two-way defenseman. But at the same time, you have to uh, anchor yourself on the defensive side of things and don't get those silly penalties, especially if it might come back to cost New Jersey Devils because once the St. Louis Blues scored on that power play, I said that was the dagger for for them. I knew the New Jersey Devils weren't going to win, and I'm not trying to be pessimistic or anything, but just how the Devils have been playing the last few weeks, I just knew they weren't going to win after that. Now, Nico Heischer, once again, he did come up clutch on the 5-on-3 advantage in favor of the Devils, and I did expect for the Devils to score in that case because, like I said, they uh, on their first power play attempt, they had some uh, good looks. Unfortunately, they weren't able to find the back of the net. But even then, when Nico Heischer got that five on three, I just had this terrible feeling that they weren't going to get that fourth goal to tie it up. And then uh, we know what happened when uh, Schmid was pulled from the game to get the extra attacker. Said early on in the episode, Eric Kala couldn't find the back of the net. At at some points, the Devils were getting a little sloppy with the puck, and then. Thomas was able to get his second goal of the game and it was an empty netter goal. So ultimately for the devils, they're so much better than what they've been doing these uh, past few weeks. And they just need to snap out of it somehow, some way haven't lost uh, faith in them, especially with them being second in the Metro, but this has been a very sorry performance, uh, especially uh, when playing at the Dental center in front of your home base. Now I talked to uh, Damon Severson post game and here's what he had to say about how uh, the defense can be uh, adjusted and just have better execution. So here was his answer post game. Damon, when uh, talking about the defense, what changes would you like to see specifically be made? The defense story or like, what do you mean? Like uh, uh, preventing some defensive lapses that uh, result in putting you guys into some vulnerable positions that you know makes your uh, goalie work a little extra harder. What uh, what changes do you want to see made in terms of just tightening up just a little bit more? Um, well, I think for the most part we've limited odd man rushes a little bit more here in the in the in the uh, near past, I guess. But um, you know, not having to put this strenuous going post to post in our goalie stuff like that, the back door. So um, you know, it's it's really no secret formula we just gotta break out clean make sure we're doing the right things and let the let the goalie see the puck and they'll make the saves so uh during the course of the episode i mentioned that akira schmid was the starter in this game for the new jersey devils because mackenzie blackwood unfortunately got hurt during a morning skate practice and he was out for a precautionary reason so akira schmid was basically thrusted into 
a position that I'm sure he was not prepared for. And he even said himself, he was a little intimidated. And he said that sometimes getting the call-ups, especially unexpectedly, and just having to come from Utica to New Jersey, it can definitely be a little stressful. So, uh, you know, he's still young and he's still trying to learn the ropes of the NHL. And uh, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and, and and his defense and the overall execution from Devils did fail him a bit at times. But Kirschmade could have done better because we've seen him do better. So not going to overreact to it because like I said, I tried, I tried to be very patient when it comes to goalies. I was very patient with Mackenzie Blackwood. And now I got to be patient with Akira Schmidt because it's bound that he was going to have a game like that, but I'm sure Mackenzie Blackwood is at home uh, just breathing a big sigh of relief, just knowing that, um, that Akira Schmidt didn't uh, play lights out in this game. But here's what Akira Schmidt had to say about his overall performance and what he would change differently. Akira, Akira, I know this might seem like a loaded question, but I know you were put in that at the last spot, at the last second. What would you change differently about your approach to tonight's game? Uh, just probably loosen up a little bit more. Uh, you know, obviously, last minute call up there always. Uh, a little nerve-wracking, but you just got to stay calm and I'd say uh, have a little bit more poise. Is there extra pressure given how uh, Mackenzie Blackwood is now returning and Vitek Vanacek has done well this season? Is there any extra pressure to perform better? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, the only pressure you get is basically from yourself. Uh, you put on yourself. So, you know, it's just like I said, you just got to perform every night and uh, prove that you belong. And you know, sometimes it's your night, sometimes it's not, but uh, it's about the next day and yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So Kirschmidt is still young. He's still trying to learn. And overall, uh, he, he is still a very young goalie. And it was one of the questions I had uh, when we first brought him up when he had to replace Mackenzie Blackwood, which was, is he ready to become the backup goalie for New Jersey Devils? Well, this game says no, but like I just said moments ago, try not to uh, judge a player based on one game, try to be very patient. And Akira Schmidt didn't have a good game, but like I said, it was bound to happen. So like we do with every post-game reaction, let's give uh, the final stack comparisons and then I'll give a final letter grade for the Devils. So shots on goal category, 39 to 19 in favor of the Devils. I know the Devils let up five goals on 19 shots. One of them was an empty netter, but still it doesn't, doesn't really help in this case. That's, that's pathetic. If you ask me that, that cannot happen again. And especially when the blues are missing two of their best players, that's that that's just sad face off percentage, 64% to 36% in favor of the devils power play blues are one for two devils. One for four hits 21 to eight in favor of the blues blocks 21 to nine in favor of the blues giveaways 13 to five in favor of the Devils. So if I had to give a final letter grade for Devils in this game, I'm going to give them a C minus because, you know, uh, Jack Hughes came to play. He showed why he was an all-star. Nico Heischer came up clutch. I, I'm i giving uh, Akira Schmidt the benefit of the doubt just because I'm sure he was not expected to be thrusted into this role. And some of you are probably wondering, why wasn't Vitek Vanacek named the star in this game? Well, we got to say Vitek Vanacek for Saturday. We don't want to overwork our goalies because remember what happened to Corey Schneider. Remember what happened to Mackenzie Blackwood last year. Can't overwork your goalies. You got to give them some breathers. So uh, that was probably the reason. And um, yeah, the Devils, it's just like they deserve to win right there for them, but it's always the same movie. And 
quite honestly, I think I'm being a little generous. I was originally going to give them like a D or a D plus, but just something was telling me saying like the Devils, they played good on paper, but unfortunately the score sheet just doesn't reflect it. That final score just uh, says something different. It tells a different tale, but that was then and this is now. So that's that's what I got for this game uh, against St. Louis Blues, which is honestly, I'm shell shocked and I'm a little disappointed and um Wish I could cover a win. I got one more game uh, when they take on the New York Rangers on Saturday. So, so as for today's episode, guys, that's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Jack Hughes is an all-star. Very impressive. And congratulations to him. And uh, let me know what you guys think. What did you think of the answers from Lindy Ruff? What do you think about Eric Halla? What do you think about Andre Pilat and his overall uh, return? And I gave you guys my opinion as to how I want to see the lineup change for Devils. And I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts. So I will catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.